0: welcome to our podcast we're going to be speaking and discussing the topic of forgiveness i'm pastor caleb thomas land church of god i'm going to begin and open with a word of prayer and then minister grace reyes will take over and lead the podcast let us all pray Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us and this opportunity to come together, Lord, to discuss this very important topic of forgiveness. Father God, we pray right now in the matchless name of Jesus that you would allow us to speak, Father God, and focus on the bond of unity in your spirit, Lord, and that we would be focusing on edifying and building up the body of Christ. I come against any attack of the enemy. I come against any attack against this podcast, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus that all things would go smoothly, that the technical difficulties would not impede the progress of this podcast. I pray above all things, Father God, that you would be glorified and that the lives that are being involved and that would go on to listen to this podcast would be blessed father god in a very special way and that we could all continue to learn and grow and practice forgiveness as a lifestyle father i thank you for today in jesus name amen
1: amen amen thank you pastor caleb for that beginning prayer i wanted to just start by uh, welcoming everyone the panelists as well as audience members who have come in to uh, listen in on this very important discussion roundtable, and that is forgiveness, the how, the when, the where's of a believer, and how we can better understand the role that forgiveness plays in our relationship with Christ. I would like to first begin by introducing the panel that would be Pastor Caleb Rodriguez. He is the one who introduced the podcast as well as uh, began with our prayer. I also would like to introduce Reverend Maulin Vandenberg and Mother uh, Sherilyn Staggers, Lady Alaru Morton, Bishop Morton, Sister Lakeisha Singleton, and myself. My name is Reverend Grace Reyes. And I am the founder and administrator of Blessed Keys Ministries that you find on blessedkeys.com. And that is where this podcast will be aired in the future. Welcome. And I would first like to pick Reverend Mullen for the first question of this podcast. The, The first question I'm going to put out there is, how can we begin the healing process and avoid being hurt again? And that would be the first question that I'm going to ask uh, Reverend Walling. And remember, the topic is forgiveness.
2: I have a definition that uh, most psychologists use, that forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness or not. It does not mean condoning with the wrong or the harm that was done to you, but it's a releasing the person as if you were releasing them from a debt owed to you. In order to to forgive, does it hurt for you before you forgive? Of course it does because there are emotions and emotions run high. And especially when the thing has just happened, You're angry, you're hurt. And so this is why it says it's a conscious decision to release that person or, in other words, to release the offender. Will it come right away? It varies. But I'd like to quote something that happened. I heard from a woman when we had the murder of those people in the Mother Emanuel Church down in South Carolina. And she said, There were others who were saying, I forgive them, I forgive him. But I remember she said, I'm not there yet. I will forgive, but I'm not there yet. So it is also a process because it's releasing that person. You're still hurting. After forgiving, will you still be hurt? Yes, because the hurt is still there, but you will not. Be angry or as angry as you were initially. That is why, in order to forgive someone, it also takes a prayerful consideration. It's easy to say, I forgive, I forgive, but do you really, down in your heart, forgive the person? I personally think you have to go to God. You have to prayerfully consider, to look at the circumstances, look at what is happening. In other words, it's like accepting and that this has happened and how am I going to deal with it? And as a Christian, you know that the first thing you'll have to forgive the person in order for you yourself to be free from it. So again, it's a process. And how do we begin the healing? It takes prayer. It also takes thinking of the wrong that was done to you. And knowing that, is the Bible says, Jesus forgives us, and so we have to do likewise. I was reading before I came on this podcast the account of the, that unfaithful servant who the master forgave all the debt that he owed. But then he went out and he saw someone who owed him a few pence, but he threw him into jail. And the master said, I forgave you all that debt, but you could not give the other person. We have to forgive if we need forgiveness from the Lord. What came to me was in the very beginning when Jesus, the disciples asked him, teach us to pray. And in that prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer, it says, forgive us of our debts or sins as we forgive others. So if we do not forgive others, then we should not expect God to forgive us of our sins.
1: Would anybody like to add to this one question? Their own ideas, interpretation? Can you really avoid being hurt again? Is the question? My answer
3: to that is no, because we cannot stop other people's actions, but what we can control is how we respond to their actions. And I believe that we can start the process of healing, like Pastor Mullen said. I agree with everything she said, but we also have to make a decision. We have to decide the made up mind that I am going to forgive and I'm not going to go backwards and go into that place of hurt and reminisce or let my mind think about what that person did or said to me, but I'm going to move forward and I'm going to stay in prayer about it.
1: I think one of the things that I would interject in that is this. You cannot allow bitterness to take root. And I think part of the healing process is consciously allowing any kind of bitterness to take root. Because that is where you will then struggle. Because as you said, we can't control what happened. All we can do is go to God for healing. That he heal our heart so that bitterness does not take root in our heart. And then we're unable to forgive
4: that person. Can I speak to that? Yes, go ahead. Thank you for the invitation of being on this podcast. It's a, it's a remarkable topic. When you start talking about forgiveness, you have to also understand that it's tied in with trust. And just because you are able to pray and to forgive someone, of an offense or whatever it is, that does not necessarily mean that you have to allow that person that hurt you or offended you to have that same position in your life. Can you avoid being hurt again? Yeah, you can by that particular person in that particular area by simply saying, okay, I'm able to forgive you because God has helped me to be able to forgive you. But that doesn't mean I have to give you access to my heart again where you may hurt me or injure me again. And so trust those in with it.
1: Let's move on to the next question. I would like to ask Caleb if he would answer his interpretation of what forgiveness is. And is there a process of forgiveness and whether he could elaborate on that? Piggyback off of what Reverend Marlon
0: Vandenberg had uh, given as a definition, which was excellent definition of the act of forgiveness. I have a little breakdown kind of similar. It says to grant pardon for or remission Of an offense or debt to absolve, to give up all claim on account of, remit a debt, obligation, etc. To grant pardon to a person, to cease to feel resentment against. In other words, to forgive one's enemies. And to cancel an indebtedness or liability of, to forgive the interest owed on a loan, so to speak. And as to pardon an offense or an offender. Forgiveness is an action, we know that. Forgiveness can be a noun, but... To forgive is a verb, it's an action, and decisions have to be made to do that. Is it always easy? No, but at the same time, we have to look at that, you know what, if we're really honest with each other and and being honest with ourselves, that some offenses are easier to, to forgive than others as well. What degree of offense has been committed against me? And what's important too, is as an individual, if we're honest with ourselves, again, How many times in my life have I committed an offense against someone else? It's easy for us to expect someone to forgive us or want someone to forgive us when we've committed an offense. But when someone commits an offense against us, are we as willing to say, wait a minute, you know what? I need to be forgiving. If the Lord has forgiven me much, then I, too, need to be willing to forgive. The process uh, has to become and start in our heart. And in our mind, you know, in our spirit, I believe Reverend Marlon also touched on that scripture, you know, in Matthew 6. You know, Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching the Sermon of the Mount. And he's talking about all kinds of, you know, practical things that we're supposed to live. And if we look at Matthew six twelve, he says, you know, and forgive our debts. As we forgive our debtors or forgive our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, right? For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, and there's that big but, but if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your, you know, Father forgive your trespasses. Now, this is why I said in opening prayer, Lord, help us to live it as a lifestyle. Forgiveness is a lifestyle. We receive forgiveness from the Lord by, you know, faith and grace and and mercy and what have you. But we also need to be people who are merciful and forgiving and understand that when we choose not to forgive, all of a sudden we imprison ourselves spiritually. We shackle ourselves. We put a heavy yoke upon us that if we don't come to terms with what's happened to us. And again, this is where a spiritual battle can arise in that process. When we don't forgive or when we choose not to forgive, we And shackle ourselves. We imprison ourselves, and we become a spiritual prisoner of that thing. And the other person can go on with their life as if nothing. But we're the ones in a real tough spot. And if the Lord says, "Hey, we don't forgive," our heavenly Father won't forgive us. We're going to be in a really bad state spiritually. Whatever we do or think we're doing for the Lord is really not being effective because there's a blockage there.
1: Exactly. I wanted to just interject one verse from Luke 17:1 that I think really talks about whether or not we could avoid being hurt again. And that was to the first question. It says, "It is impossible. This is scripture. It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come." So God has already reassured us that we're going to be offended. We're going to be hurt. He gives us the tools. He said to us, don't carry the bitterness. Don't make that the burden of your daily walk. Release it by forgiving so that the Lord will forgive your sins. So let's go on to the next question. And I'm going to give this to Mother Staggers. Why do we need to forgive? Why is it important? What are some benefits of forgiveness?
5: Why do we need to forgive? Because God commands us to. There's no exception to that. If we want to be forgiven, we have to forgive others. And Matthew 6:14 it says, "For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you, but if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses." So in order for us to be forgiven our own selves, we have to forgive others. And that's the commandment of God. There's no exception to that at all. And why is it important? Because we are obeying God's word. We are are doing what God tells us to do. We are showing that we're drawing closer to God, following in his word, and following the footsteps of Christ Jesus as he is our example. And we want to forgive from God, so we must also forgive for others. And that's like we're saying in Colossians 3.13, the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive others. And and when we don't forgive and we keep it in our heart, it starts to turn into a grudge. It turns into something that we carry around all the time. And it's heavy on us. It's heavy on our spirit. And we take that grudge and we turn it to, on to other people, even though we don't have anything to do with it because it's within inside us and we're all bound up with this heaviness of offense. So we carry it on and on and we place it on other people that it doesn't belong to. And so that's why it's so important to us to forgive. Benefits of forgiving is that it sets us free. Most importantly, you're obeying God's word. He replies in Luke 11, 28, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. It sets us free. It helps us to move forward with our life. It begins a healing process and the healing process, it takes time. It takes time to heal. We might have to journal it down. We might have to talk to someone about it, but we must also first go into prayer about forgiveness. And it we move the anger and the malice from our heart, we are no longer giving someone else the authority over our minds and heart. Forgiveness helps us to release the victim mentally. We will have peace of mind as some of the benefits as we let go and learn to forgive. And even when we, um, the benefit, letting go and forgiving, someone touched up on it and I had a situation myself, I learned to forgive the person, but that trust that I have for that person is not there. I do everything I can possibly for them. I love them. We be around each other, but my intimate thoughts and feelings, I can't give it to them anymore because I don't, I don't trust them. I've forgiven them, but I won't let them into that certain spot of me anymore. Everybody want to
3: elaborate on that? What I wanted to add about the benefits that we get from forgiving is that having a forgiving heart and being a forgiving person allows us to live in the present rather than living in the past. And Isaiah 45 and 18, to forget the former things, do not dwell in the past. So if we're holding that grudge, like Mother Sacker said, if we're holding all of that in, we're really living in the past. The Lord does not want us to live in the past. He wants us to live in the present and be willing to go forth. We can't go forward when we're holding burdens that hold us down and keep us from elevating. So I think that's the benefits of being a forgiving person is that it allows you to really live and enjoy your life in the way that Christ wants us to enjoy our lives.
6: Amen. One benefit that I just wanted to add that it also helps us to receive answers to prayers. Mark eleven twenty four says, if whatsoever things you ask in prayer, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And he goes further and he says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. So that's one of the benefits too, forgiveness, to forgiveness, to be able to give someone, you will, it, it will hinder your prayers. And when you forgive, It helps to give answers to your prayer.
1: I wanted to add also that Pastor Caleb said this, and I think this is so important. There are offenses and experiences that we have had that have been traumatic, very traumatic experiences. Although we may not elaborate on them in this discussion, we must keep in mind that there are people that hold a very deep hurt. So one of the things that I've experienced in my walk was when the Lord said to me, I want to heal your heart. So the first process for me was that he healed that traumatic experience that I went through. So once he started to heal my heart, I was able to release forgiveness. And I think that's important. We don't want to diminish what experience a person may have had because they may argue with us, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know, you have not seen my darkness or what I have experienced. And what we're trying to say is process should begin, in my experience, it had to begin with the heart healing. I had to have God heal my heart in order for me to let go and to forgive. So I just wanted to reiterate, That there's a part of people that will come back to you and say, it was too awful what happened to me. How do I begin to forgive it? And that is by giving your heart to God to heal first. Reverend Mullen, did you want to say something?
2: Yes. I just want to add that when we forgive, it does not mean that we're just glossing over what the offense. Is that we're saying it didn't happen? Yes, it happened. Yes, we're hurt, and it will take a while to heal. That's the difference between forgiving someone and your healing, because the healing process it's gonna take a while. And yes, you will you will remember the hurt will go and come. It's not that your I think Sister Laetitia says you don't dwell on it, you don't live in the past and go back and dwell on it. But if it comes up to your mind, you might see that person or. Something might happen that's similar to what you went through, and it brings that back to your mind. But the thing is that you're not angry with the person that you have forgiven you. You can talk about it, and you're not angry or bitter, being bitter and holding a grudge. And I think when you do that, it binds you, and you're not free, so you're in a state of bondage while the other person... Is free to go on with his or her life as if nothing happened.
1: Exactly. Yep. Okay. So let's move on to the next question, if we could. And I'd like this to be Bishop Morton to answer. And that will be, how does unforgiveness hinder our relationship and spiritual growth?
4: Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay. The first thing I think we've got to realize is how does it hinder your growth is that when you hold on to grudges, When you hold on to things that have happened to you, you're not allowing God to visit your life with the purpose of healing like he promised to do to us and through us in his word. Now, it is not an easy thing to do. We have to pray and be people of prayer and be prayer-minded to allow God to do certain things in our lives. Amen. And when we are like that, it blocks the blessing of God from flowing in our lives where he wants to bring healing and things in our lives. Amen. There's a scripture that talks about confess your faults before men that you may receive healing. Let whatever's inside of you open your heart and be cognizant of the fact that God wants to bring healing into your life. or you cannot grow in him unless you're willing to allow him to do this. It's not an easy thing to do, but if you pray, God will help you. Amen.
1: Amen. So what if they're not repentant? Sister Lakeisha, what if they're not repentant? What do we do in that situation?
3: Well, if the person has not asked for forgiveness, that does not absolve us of our as being a Christian. Still have to stand in God's word and follow God's will. And it is his will that we forgive. Part of forgiveness is love. If we don't forgive that person, then we're holding anger and we're holding really hatred against them. Even if it's not real hatred, you can develop a spirit of indifference, which is a form of hatred. Like you just don't care about them. You don't want to be around them. You won't say anything to them. And we know that's not God because God calls us to love and to even greet one another with kindness and love. So even if the person is not repentant, we should still be willing to forgive them. And when I was reading this topic and studying forgiveness, what came into my heart is self reflection. Sometimes we got to do a reflection on our own heart and see what's occupying our heart space. Why would you not want to forgive them? Is it easier for you to point the finger? Is it more comfortable to say you did this to me? Sometimes it's hard to forgive, but we have to ask God to even help us get through that which is hard. That is our job as Christians. It is to do the hard work on ourselves, and God
1: is always there to help us. That's true. The next question I'm going to ask is, there is a popular saying, forgive and forget. And we've really elaborated on the forgiving part and the forgetting part where we have talked about that very loosely. What does that actually mean?
7: And is that biblical?
1: Somebody want to answer that?
7: The pain of living with bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness can poison your soul and destroy you. When we forgive others, we're not saying one thing it was okay. We are releasing them to God and letting go of its hold on us. Forgiveness doesn't forget, but it does set us free from the bitterness and the grudges that we hold.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Reverend Mullen, did you want to add something?
2: Yes, I was just saying, number one, it's not scriptural. And um, forgive and forget. We will forgive. We cannot forget. The reason being we're alive, we have a brain, an active and lively brain, they hurt or whatever happened will come to our mind every now and then. Like I said, something may be sad that reminds us of what happened. The difference is when we remember it, we're not bitter. We don't get angry we don't go back down that memory lane and say, I remember what he did and rehash everything. Because when we do that, bitterness is coming up in our heart. We're getting angry. We're getting mad. We're reliving the whole thing. But we cannot forget because we are alive. Our brain is active. But okay. it's what we do with it when we remember.
1: I'm going to also, I'm going to go to the next question. This is for Lashanda. How should one go about asking for or seeking forgiveness? Sister LaShonda?
8: The answer on that one, I put by first bringing it before the Lord, seeking through prayer, asking the Holy Spirit for clarity on addressing the unforgiveness, and then going to that individual and asking for forgiveness.
1: Is that hard? I'd love to know what your opinion is. I find that very hard to do.
8: You're, you're right. It can be hard. It's just dependent upon us as individuals. I mean, I've been through some hurt in my life. And the one thing I can say is it took years for me being 45. I finally had forgiven my father for years of not being involved in my life. And I brought that to you and I told you how I went about it too. You know, I, I first prayed on it. And this is something that I had carried in my heart that affected my upbringing and how I thought and did things in life, how I felt about myself. And I finally went to him. I I prayed on him first and I asked the Holy Spirit to give me the words to speak and how to go about it. And then it was just do it. And I did. And I called him and I told him, I said, no matter what has been done in the past, I love you and I forgive you for what you did. And you know what he said? He said, thank you. I needed that. He didn't come to me, but I went to him. And it felt like after that, no longer did I feel heavy or blame myself for things that I went through in my life. It was released. It was like a weight was taken off me.
1: That's beautiful. Beautiful. Pastor Caleb?
0: Yes, absolutely. What comes to mind, looking at what was said that Jesus himself even taught, listen, if you go to the altar to bring your gift, your gift to be worship, your gift to be, you know, your offering or your tithe, your gift to be service, whatever you're gonna do for the Lord. But when you go to the altar and you know, and you remember, he's telling you, you're being conscious of the fact that your brother has an ought against you. In other words, you weren't the one who offended, the person has it against you, he says, the Leave altar. your offering at the altar. Rise up and go. You know, reconcile with your brother. In other words, you go and ask for forgiveness, even though you weren't the offender. Just go, because do, by doing that, then you come back and present your gift. It'll be acceptable unto God, because, again, it, it, it starts in our heart. Number one, what Jesus did on the cross, when he not only took on all of our sins, past, present, and future, but... He took on all the betrayal, the hurt. And what happens is when we're dealing with the subject of forgiveness, we have to also bring up the topic of our personal pride. Amen. Hello, somebody. Our personal pride, because that's something that gets in our way. That's something that wants to rise up and, and not want you to do what is correct in the eyes of God. Because see, scripturally, I don't have to pray. I don't have to pray about, oh, do I am I supposed to go and, and, and ask for forgiveness or to ask someone to forgive me? I don't have to pray about that. But what my sister just shared, how I do need to pray a lot of times. How do I approach? Lord, check me. Help yes, me. Absolutely. Give me wisdom. Let me go in the right spirit with the right the heart inclined to you and inclined to loving the person instead of what doing it just because as an obligation, I want to do it with the right spirit. I can pray about that and make sure God, you lead me, guide me. And I want to do it your way, not my way. Because when I take matters into my own hands, the Bible says that, you know, the wrath of man doesn't act or produce the righteousness of God. It just doesn't. We can take things and matters into our hands and mess things up. But when you do it God's way, and you do it with the right spirit, God says, you know what? He'll never leave his servant in shame. He will always vindicate you when you do it his way and you
1: do the right thing. Anybody wanted to wow. jump something?
8: Can, can I say this as well? Pastor Caleb, before You know how sometimes you say, some people say, oh no, I I forgive them, I forgive them. And it wasn't until my father resurfaced because he had had a heart attack and now he wanted to reach out to his children. And my mother said, oh, you should give him a call. I said, oh, well, he should kind of call me. You know, she said, oh, but you got to forget. So then that's when it resurfaced. So I thought I had forgiven when I gave my life to Christ. Oh, I forgive everybody. I don't have no problems and this and that. that's when the devil showed up right at the door. And it was revealed to me that there was still some root there that needed some digging up. So I had to say, you know what, Lord, I want to repent because when I said I had forgiven, I truly hadn't. It wasn't until it was readdressed to me that I needed some help with this. So now it's definitely have been healed and I I can move forward in a better way. To add one thing to that, the Bible says in Matthew 18, it
6: says, if your brother trespass against you, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother, but if he will not hear you, then take with you one or more that in the amount of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Amen. So, in that process, too, there can be a situation where when you go to make peace and that doesn't happen, you can go with somebody.
0: Yeah, and that's specifically talking about brethren. That's not someone from outside the body of Christ. This is specifically to someone within the body of Christ, within the body of believers, that if you go, like she said, the scripture says, you gain your brother back or your sister, right? You gain them back. If they reconcile with you, amen. But if, you do, if that person does it, okay, now we're talking about another believer who doesn't have forgiveness in their heart or practicing forgiveness, So it may be necessary to request and have other loving brethren and understand that when you go do that, you're not doing it to go attack the person you go into with the purpose of reconciliation, reconciliation, that is the goal. And again, if the person still refuses, then now that person has to probably go before the pastor and maybe the church council, because now charges of unforgiveness which is not supposed to exist is not supposed to be there in the body of Christ as I was going to say before when we forgive we grow personally we grow spiritually we grow second when we forgive guess what it benefits the body of Christ it brings edification and closeness and unity and bonding and what happens when the body is edified guess what God is glorified and the church goes forward and it impacts the rest of the community. We know, too, that in the, you know, there's plenty of examples in the scripture where in Old Testament and New Testament, where someone committed a sin or an offense and didn't repent of it, it not only affected them, it affected those around them. It affected the community of believers and there was consequence to it. And that's the other thing that people need to remember that, A, the scripture says, be not deceived. God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he reap. That means, hey, if you think there's not consequences to our actions, whether they're good or bad, it's a divine law. So if there's unforgiveness, there's going to be consequence to that as well.
1: I was going to ask Ruth if you would like to answer any of the questions that have been posed so far.
7: I'm just thinking over some of the Bible quotes that relate to this topic, and you know, Luke 6:37 says, "Do not judge, and you will not be judged; do not condemn, and you will not be condemned; forgive, and you will be forgiven." That's an important Bible quote in my life. <laughs> and then Psalm 35: Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, "That's my transgressions to the Lord." And you forgave the guilt of my sin. You know, we always have to remember that whenever we go to God, he can wipe us free. We can have a clean slate every, every single time. He's, he's always going to forgive us, always. And we just pray to be able to have it within ourselves to forgive others. The only reason we're here on earth is to try to get back to the Lord. And we're going to get to him. It's important to forgive others as we've been forgiven by the blood of Christ. You know, with with God's grace and mercy, we're always able to start new. When we repent, we are given full forgiveness of our sins. Keeping this in mind, we always have to strive to forgive. We don't forget. You don't forget. You can't forget. Your mind won't let you. We have to forgive. It's just such a wonderful feeling to be able to forgive others.
1: Amen. Amen. Pastor Caleb, did you want to add to that?
0: Just very briefly, Sister Ruth is so on point. I appreciate her comments. The beauty of this thing to me, is we may not be able to forget, but I praise God that as far as the East is from the West, He chooses. He voluntarily chooses to forget our sins. And cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. And when when you try to wrap your head around that, and you realize, wow, He's not holding those things against me, nor is He bringing them back up and rehashing them in my life. Then, you know what? When it comes to practicing forgiveness in my life, that's something I have to keep in mind that he's choosing to forget what I've done. So Lord help me to practice, to not hold grudges against anybody who's offended me or hurt me because you're so good to me. I need to practice what I preach. I need to practice what I believe. I need to practice what you give us in your word. And I don't know about you, but I want to make it to heaven. Yes, Yes, I do. Yes,
1: amen. Bishop Morton, would you like to add something to that, please?
4: Yes, the question of can we forgive and at the same time, can we forget? You have to remember, only God can do that. The Bible talks about in Isaiah chapter 43, God says, even I am he who blots out your transgressions. I choose, God says, not to remember. But that's not entirely possible for us because we're human beings. But when we're in Christ, there's something about knowing Jesus. The closer you get to him, the more you become like him and you're able to do some of those things. And Pastor Caleb, and we're quite correct in saying, amen, you know, God does not keep a record of wrong, amen. So when we forgive, we're being like him. We cannot expect to receive healing and forgiveness from him if we're not willing to do it and offer it and give it to other people. That is a big hang up with folk that we don't really get sometimes. But when we check ourselves out with God, you can't do it with unforgiveness in your heart because the spirit of God is going to check you. So we got to pray and it's not easy. But we got to pray and we got to believe God. But the only one that does not hold a grudge, that does not remember is God. And that's only because He is not to. He takes all of our sins and tosses them in the, the sea of forgetfulness, as we say And it. It's Amen. as far as the east is from the west, as we say and From one arm to the other arm on, as Jesus is on the cross. That's how God forgives us. And we've got to be this way as well. Amen. Or at least try to be.
1: So the last question I am going to give to Sister Lakeisha. And that is with the quote of 1 Peter 4.8, love covers a multitude of sins. Does this have anything to do with forgiveness? Please explain. Yes,
3: we cannot be real Christians if we're not willing to forgive and love. Christ loved us. He gave his only begotten son because he loved us so much. He died on a cross for us and he loved us so much that he died for us. He was willing to even be persecuted and prosecuted for things that he did not do because he loved us. And he forgave his prosecutors. Now, if Jesus loved and forgave his prosecutors, those that beat him and scorned him and crucified him, shouldn't we be able to do the same? Shouldn't we be able to exemplify that same love and forgiveness to others? If we have anything in our heart that takes up too much space, like indifference or spite or even unforgiveness, those little bits, Little by little, if they occupy our heart space, then that's taking up room in our heart where we should have peace, joy, freedom, love. So, yes, love does cover a multitude of sins, and we should love just like Christ loved. And going back to what Pastor Caleb said, Christ had mercy on us. Shouldn't we also be merciful to others? Without showing others mercy, then we are in a position of pointing a finger at them. And then we need to go into repentance and ask God to help us, because we should not have a heart of unforgiveness
1: or a heart of indifference. Amen. Reverend Mullen, would you like to add something to that, please?
2: Yes. If I go to verse one of that chapter, it says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased." from sin, in that you no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of man, but for the will of God. Then he came on down and in, in verse 6, it says, for this reason the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in spirit, serving for God's glory. Then he came on down and talked about The love that covers, the love that God has for us, that Christ, he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. Believe it on him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Christ died on the cross, not because he had sins, but because of his love for us. And that love covers our sins. So it covers it. So that means he forgave us. So since he has forgiven us, then it's imperative that we as Christian followers of his do likewise. We have to forgive because love covers multitude of sin. I'd also like to add just one tidbit of something we pass along, that when we're asking for forgiveness or attitude in going to the person is very, very important. We can't go to say, well, I'm doing it because I have to do it because I'm a Christian, so I have to do it with that. we have to go genuinely, they will read us up anyway and know whether we're genuinely asking for it or we're just doing it to appease our conscience.
1: Amen. Amen. Mother Staggers, would you like to add something?
5: Yes, I would just listen to what everybody was saying and just thinking, even you know, if you're asking for forgiveness or you're receiving forgiveness for someone, we have to go to God. Even all the scriptures that we said, have to go to God in prayer for him to soften up our heart so we we'll be able to receive. Because a lot of times we can't do it on our own strength. We have to do it through the power of God that works within us. As we petition God and we pray, and we stand in faith, even like step by step, it just like appeals or different things just start dropping up on us. Like just for me, I'm just saying for me, for all of us forgiven, I forgave me. Keep on walking and this and that. No, I have to go to God in prayer. And sometimes I have to, if I see the person and stuff, I have to say, "Okay, Father God, show me how to do this because in my own strength I can't." And as I keep talking to God about the situation, His love for me draws me in to have love for that other person. And as time goes on, the healing process begins, and I don't see the person in the same way. And, that, and then there's a true forgiveness within me that I'm forgiven or receiving the forgiveness.
1: Amen. I'm going to turn over to Alarou now if she has any questions that has been given to her from the audience. And then what I'll do is feel free to interject and answer the question if it so moves you.
6: The first question was, how do you forgive when you are conflicted between family loyalty and yourself with an offense? My extended family is prideful and looks at forgiving an offense as a weakness and disrespect to the
1: family. Anybody want to tackle that question? Sure, I'll take a shot at it.
0: Again, I think we did kind of mention it earlier in the podcast that it's not always, depending on the kind of offenses too, it's not always easy. But I think Sister Lakeisha touched on this. We don't have any control over the other person's reactions. We don't have control of the other people's reactions. Uh, and that's why sometimes it could be challenging to approach whether or not they accept it or don't. And sometimes it's even harder as the question comes from the topic of family. Sometimes it's even a little bit more difficult. But the purpose is still the same as far as having a humble heart, doing it for the love of Jesus and the right attitude, as Reverend Mullen mentioned. And again, even though you you may not have been the one who committed the fault. It's you remembering that someone else has an ought against you. Then you be proactive and express forgiveness, express and ask for forgiveness and you release it, release it to God. You will be released and it's up to them. And you continue praying, hey, God, continue working on their hearts. I don't have control over their lives, their decisions. But all I want to know is that I did what you asked me to do, and I did it with the right heart and the right spirit,
4: that's right. and
0: I leave the results to you, God.
4: Can um, I say something to that? Yeah, Bishop Martin. Also, that's a great question, whoever asked yeah. that question. Let me just say to that, when you're dealing with family and your relationship with Christ, you've got to understand that there is a higher priority to you than your family, and that is your relationship with God we are supposed to be living this Christian life, and our relationship to God takes top priority. I'm not saying you got to discount how your family feels, but when it comes down to you and them, amen, what is in your heart and in your mind from God is how you have to go. If the offense is coming from a family member, and that family member is a Christian as well, you can challenge them biblically and try and show them what you've received and what you've gotten from Christ. But if not, Your higher allegiance is to God. If they do not want to come around, if they don't want to see where you're coming from, you have to forgive and you have to go with Christ. But you can't make them do anything that they're not willing to do because they're not ready for that type of thing yet. The only thing you can do is pray for them.
1: That's right. That's
6: all. I think the way that I view this question was the person is struggling with their loyalty to maybe other family members. Maybe one family member did something to the family and other family members. If you go ahead and you make peace with this person, you it's might be there, you might be disloyal to them. I think that's where the person was coming from. Yeah, that was me, by the way. Yes, it's true. You know, you're
3: caught between the two worlds because, you know, in the Bible it says to honor your family, but at the same time, I know I'm a very different person than the rest of my family, you know. But, you know, I come from a very Italian background and it's, you know, once there's an offense to the family, it's major, you know, so you struggle with that decision, you know.
1: That's a good question, Carmen.
3: May I encourage her, sister, stay positive. I know exactly how you feel when you get caught in between family members. Stay positive. Stay prayerful. Don't feed into negativity. When people make negative comments, you counteract that with a positive comment best to show love on both sides and when they try to rehash the past say let's go forward you know let's love life is too short stay positive because we know that in our families we want to stay close and loving to them but everybody in our family is not a christian and they're not spiritual when they come to us in the flesh our response have to be a more spiritual response we have to have a godly reaction and not a fleshly reaction to the situation
0: pastor caleb you be surprised that sometimes it may take them a lot longer to respond but when you wait upon the Lord I've had experiences where I had to forgive or ask for forgiveness etc sometimes you don't see the immediate results when you ask for forgiveness etc but when you again leave it in God's hands time will pass and when you least expect it I've had family members come up to me and say you know what I owe you an apology because back then you approach me, you asked for forgiveness, etc. And you know what? I wasn't having it, but I come to realize that I need to forgive you. So, I mean, weeks, months, years can go by, yeah. but it's in God's hands. Right. Leave the results to God and yeah, you'll he'll see, he'll like I said, he'll never leave you in shame.
1: And he'll make a way. He'll vindicate you. Sister Aluru, do we have another one?
6: Yes, the second question Is reconciliation and forgiveness are often intertwined. Your thoughts.
1: What are your thoughts on reconciliation and forgiveness? Would somebody like to answer that?
3: Well, I'm reminded about what Sister LaShonda said, the testimony she gave today, how she forgave her father and reconciled with him. She reached out to him. You know, sometimes we need to take the initiative to reach out to somebody so we can reconcile with them. We should not often wait for them to reconcile with us. We should take the lead. Some, we could do something simple, send an email, right. a text, everybody's on Facebook, go on Facebook, send them a direct message, happy holidays, happy new year. Just open the lines of communication. And Be proactive.
1: Yeah, right. sometimes you wanna just, I'm reminded of sitting at church one Sunday and I was having a difficult time with somebody And I wasn't speaking to them, and I was mad at them, and they were mad at me, vice versa. And so we kept it there. And, you know, I just was not refusing to, you know, to look at it. You know, I was ignoring the subject. And I remember Pastor said, if you have an offering, which is what Caleb quoted in the verse, leave it at the altar. I still want your offering, but I don't want it with your kind of a heart, okay? I don't want your heart. In that offer if you have an offense against your brother go to your brother and settle that and i found myself texting that person right there and then right in the church and i said to the person if i've offended you i ask your forgiveness right there and then i felt compelled because i said you know what i've come to church i have praised and worship i've been praying i listened to a sermon And you know what? God is not going to even recognize what I did today while I carry this anger and bitterness in my heart towards that person. So I felt such a relief texting them, like Sister Lakeisha said, I, you know, contact them, even if it's a text, you open the door up for what the question was, which is reconciliation and forgiveness. They go, in my opinion, they go hand in hand. That was my opinion. That's how I reconciled with that person.
4: Sometimes it's not always possible to have reconciliation with that person. Sometimes things that have happened to us happened 25 and 30 and 40 years ago. A right. person has moved on with their lives or the person is dead. or And then when you're looking for, they are tied together, but when you're looking for reconciliation, you're looking for some recompense from the other person. And it may not always be possible to get it. So the emphasis definitely has to be on your forgiving and moving on with your life and not living in the past and just understanding the fact that, okay, if you're looking for this person to say, oh, I did this, I admitted, I'm sorry, that may not come. You've got to go to God and have him heal what's going on on the inside of you. And then if it's possible, yes, see it, but it's not always possible. You're right. I agree. Another question, Lady
1: Alleroux? Yes. Sometimes you forgive someone or you
6: you say i have forgiven and you've moved on, but then something happens and you get all kinds of feelings coming back up. Does that mean that you have not forgiven the person?
1: And where do you go
6: from there?
1: Good question. That's a good question.
0: Interesting. Let me jump in for a second because... What, what came to my mind was that time where, you know, Peter asked the Lord, how many times am I supposed to forgive my brother?
4: Yeah, right there.
0: <laughs> how many Super. times? How many times? And, Matthew
4: 18, 21. Yeah.
0: Seven times? He goes, no, 70 times seven. In other words, you shouldn't be keeping a record or an account. Yeah. We should have a forgiving attitude, a forgiving heart. It should be a lifestyle, a practice that should be active daily in our lives because neither one of us walks on water. We don't have wings on our back. Every day before the Lord, before I step out this door, Lord, help me. I don't want to sin against you. I don't want to sin against other people. Help me to have a forgiving heart and a forgiving attitude. And just as you forgive me, I want to be forgiving. It's just something that, again, remember what I said before, A lot of times it's more us dealing with our personal pride and having the Lord and the Holy Spirit deal with our pride inside of us because that's one thing that would hold forgiveness back. And keep in mind, too, that as the word says that we're ambassadors of Christ, we represent him. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And as Bishop Morton said, you know, there's going to be instances where That reconciliation can't happen because the person is no longer around. But it's our attitude. It's a matter of the heart. Like you said, you got to give it over to God and and let it go. Let's let those things go. Because when you let them go, there's just this freedom and this liberty. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, the Bible says. And that's what you want to walk in. You want to walk in triumph and victory and liberty. If you don't walk in the flesh and you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, you walk in the spirit, you're going to be living and walking in liberty and freedom and, and in joy and triumph. And, you know, these are things, again, on a daily basis, as we grow in the Lord, we practice them, we apply them to our life. And there's going to be different levels, like I said before, levels of offenses. And I know what it was before I gave my life to Christ. I know what it was to betray But I also know that, hey, I've been betrayed. I know what that feels like, too. But I had to forgive. And when I forgave and I let those things go, there's there's such a liberation and a freedom and liberty that you experience and you grow and you realize, wow, when Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Some people exactly know what they're doing when they do it, but a lot of us, we commit all kinds of offenses and we don't even realize it and know what we're doing.
5: Amen. Amen. So,
0: Father, forgive them for they know not what they do.
3: Amen. Pastor Grace, I wanted to address the part of the question that said about the person's feelings.
1: Come on. Yeah, go ahead.
3: Because a lot of times we get caught up in our feelings, (laughs) and I'm going to address this in the best way I can, especially to us women, because I'm a woman, and we can be so emotional. And God is God, and he's Lord over our emotions.
1: Amen. Amen. Come on.
3: And our feelings under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do that by having an active prayer life. It's not about how we feel. It's about you move by what you know. And if you know the word, you move with the word. You move with the Holy Spirit. Don't act out of your feelings. We cannot be impulsive.
1: Scripture says don't trust your emotions. Don't trust your heart.
3: So when we get those feelings and you see that person, they may have done something to you or said something and you start to feel a certain way, cancel it. Cancel those thoughts. Cancel those feelings.
1: You are empowered. God gives us the decision-making power, right? He gives us choices. Did you want to add something, Reverend Mullen? Yes.
2: I I think that goes back to the question forgive and forget. And I I remember once... um, and had an evangelist here, his name is Steve Edmondson, and he made a statement, in his pretty, he said, we're not responsible for the thought that crosses our mind, we're responsible for what we allow to stay there. And I always think about that, so forgive and forget, the question was, something happens and it triggers whatever happened to you in the past, what you do with it. Is what we allow to stay there. What do we do with it? The feelings, the hurt, when it comes back into our mind. Remember, we have already forgiven the person. But something happened that reminds us of the offense. Now, what do we do with it? Because now it's in our mind. Do we allow it to stay or do we let it go? And do we apply the scriptures? Do we let our emotions get the best of us? Or do we put it under the blood? That's why we have to be prayed up. And because of ourselves, we will get back into it. And I well, remember when they, that's happened and you get all riled up again. Oh, I so do that,
1: yeah. I do it. that well, too.
2: So, yeah, what I'm do not- we do with it when it comes oh, yeah. back to my
1: I will give you details. And I've learned because of my relationship with Christ, as it is built, because we just build on that. You know, every day we get up in the morning, at least for my sake. I build on my relationship with him because every single day as is a new beginning, every single day is a new excuse to grow in him. So what I do is, you know what? He told me to leave the past where it belongs. That's yesterday. I might've not reacted correctly. I might've said something on board. Today is an opportunity to start a new day. And with that, what did I learn? I learned not to rehash for an hour and a half that offense that happened 20 years ago and not bring it into my present and say, you see, they ain't changed a bit. They're still doing XYZ. And that's why I don't like them. That that's not the right place. Tomorrow I have to say, okay, how do I handle that in prayer? How do I let go of that offense? It doesn't belong in here in my heart in my emotions, in my judgmental spirit. It belongs in yesterday's event. I've forgiven it. What's happening now? Okay, maybe the person, you know, I don't want to name names, but my brother tends to get on my nerves at times. And, you know, it could be that he comes up with something, right? And instead of going back to all the past things that annoyed me, I'll look at the present situation. And I may, like you said, have to call him, and correct them and say, you know what? I don't agree with that. This is where I stand, but I can't do it in anger. I cannot do it with, you never change. You're the same person, yada, yada, yada. Instead, I say, like Mother Stagger said, go to prayer first. Let that be your first place to go. Lord, how would you ha- have me handle this? And usually the Lord will drop a scripture on it. In my case, God will drop me a scripture. And I'll go to that scripture and I will be reminded or edified on how to handle it. Because sometimes he'll give you, his word speaks, right? His word um, speaks. I wanted to
6: add, not that I'm adding, but I just want to like put some things in that I just have heard repeated and just t- tie it in in three words. Let it go. Let it go. Like Pastor Caleb said, let, let it, it go. go. That is, when you talk about forgiveness, that is a key part of forgiveness. Let it go. And what that means, years ago, I heard a pastor share about how he went to tell someone that hurt him that he forgave. Now, he did not do that. He was not dependent on the person's response. So he could have gone there and the person would have said, oh, no, I didn't do anything to you. And then he would have been hurt. But he went there knowing that he was dropping everything there and letting it go. So there are some times that we're worried about what the other person, oh, will the other person, how they would respond. No, this it has to do with you. This has to do with your peace. So when you make up your mind and say, OK, I'm going to that person, forgive them of what they did make up your mind that you, no matter the person's response, you're going to let it go. You're doing what you can do and you will let it go and forget. Amen. 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 And one Amen. book, I wanted to mention that book that we've been reading about the bait of Satan is there's something that struck me. Sometimes when you have all those feelings that come up, When someone does something to you and you're hurt and all those feelings come up, it is because of some things that God is dealing with in your life. So if you can admit to yourself that God is still working on you and those things are coming out and you need to deal with those feelings and there are some things you have to, some weaknesses in your life you have to deal with. If you can get to that point, that would help you. And you would be able to say, when things come up to hurt you, you can say, I'm not going to take that bait. I will not be offended. To Satan. Yeah. And you can forgive
1: easily. Amen. The Danbury Book Club with Blessed Keys, we are reading the book from John Bevere. And the book's title is The Bait of Satan how to deal with the entrapping way that Satan tries to keep us away from having our aligned life with Christ. And that's what this book is about, is how to forgive, how to go about it. And also it's a self-reflection. It teaches you to go inwardly to find out where your weaknesses are around that subject. Pastor Caleb?
0: Yes, I'm not participating in that group, in that book club, but... You're invited to um, come and join us. But I get the picture. And keep in mind that the enemy, Satan, is the accuser of the brethren. Thank you. Jesus is not here to condemn us. The enemy, Satan, is the one that tries to condemn us. He tries to make us feel guilty. And he'll throw darts at us. Darts, thought Darts. OK, yeah. like right. Reverend Marlon had said earlier, and because he'll try to rehash old hash. That's not the spirit of the Lord doing that. That's the enemy doing that. And your flesh will try to rise up and do that, too, if you're not careful. Amen. But the scripture teaches us, guess what? That you and I as believers, having the Holy Spirit abiding in us, we have the authority to bring our thoughts captive, that we can cast down imaginations and we can bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And when we do that, all of a sudden, that again is another key to having victory in dealing with, like, if you see a person that you had experienced, or you guys have forgiven each other, but the enemy tries to bring up, oh, remember, that person hasn't changed. I don't know. It tries to bring up feelings again, like Sister Lakeisha said, we got to be careful with those feelings. Again, cast down that imagination, rebuke that thought, bring it to the obedience of Christ and say, no, it's under the blood, I'm going forward. I'm moving forward in Christ.
1: Amen. Lakeisha, would you like to add something?
3: I just wanted to share a scripture that I wrote down last night from Micah 7 and 19. And I think this ties into a lot of what we just discussed. The scripture reads, he will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. So when we begin to forgive, let's have a heart of compassion. Let's be compassionate and kind and loving and forgiving. And remember, that is exactly the way Christ is to us. And he took our sins and he cast them into a sea. We call it the sea of forgetfulness. The Bible doesn't use that phrase, sea of forgetfulness, but many Christians do. But just like God has cast our sins away, never to remember them or rehash them, we have to be willing to do the same and cast it. Like Pastor Caleb just said, cast those feelings, cast those thoughts. Don't let them be entertained in your spirit. Don't carry them. And definitely don't go
1: to bed with them in your spirit. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be coming to an end to our roundtable discussion today. I want to thank every panelist that came and participated. I think that this subject is extraordinary. It is something that's so relevant for today and our walk with Christ and our relationship with Christ. I would also like to thank the audience that have come and attended and asked questions and just really value added to this panel. Sometimes you need to have also outsiders come in and ask you know questions right off the cuff, because we may not, as a panel, be able to address each and every issue. But you know what? You have questions. Clean us. Ask the question that's been burning in your heart. We don't have all the answers. And this is the reason why we are doing these roundtable discussions to edify the church, to edify the believers, to give you also a different outlet to maybe answer some of the questions on your walk. So again, I'd like to thank everybody for participating this afternoon. And I welcome this panel to come back and uh, join me in a different topic uh, next month. Hopefully, if you're willing and able, we will get together. And please feel free also to suggest different topics. I would like to thank uh, my cousin, Gloria, who came into our audience and for coming and participating with us. I really appreciate and love you. And I'm thankful that, that she was able to come. Also, Emily and Sam and all the others, if I haven't mentioned you, I apologize. Could we have Bishop Morton close us in prayer?
4: All right. Let your heart pray. Wonderful, Master. We thank you for the time that we have spent together. We thank you for us, Lord, fleshing out this topic of forgiveness, Lord. First, let us say thank you to you, God, for your gift, your uh, sacrifice on the cross and your forgiveness to us. Help us be people like-minded and wanting to be like you, Lord God. For those who might be in a struggle, God, who are having difficulty forgiving or finding forgiveness, God, I pray, Lord, be a balm in Gilead for those people, God, that you would make the wounded whole. Father, I thank you and I give you praise for a spirit of healing and a healing virtue that's running through this broadcast right now, Lord God, touching hearts and minds and souls. God, thank you for the answers that we were brave enough to put up and the questions that we were brave enough to put up. God, I thank you for dealing with each and every one of us. Now, Lord, I pray that you would dismiss us, God, that we would go our various ways, but let us stay prayerful and mindful of you, God, and what you have done for us. We thank you. We praise you and we give you the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus of Nazareth, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.